Hello, and welcome back to the Mom Bod Pod, where it's everything mom, everything bod, and a little bit of everything else in between. I'm your host, Elena Thill, and today we are going to be talking to those who are interested in competing. Or maybe you're here just because you think it's interesting that people like want to compete. You think the sport's really cool and you want to know more about it. Or maybe you've been a competitor for a while and you are here just to, to have a listen, to nod your head in agreement, be like, oh my gosh, I can relate to these things. Um, but today I basically want to talk to someone as, or like kind of do this podcast as if I'm talking to someone who hasn't competed before and is interested in it and just kind of wants to have a rundown. Um, and also including some things in there that I wish I knew when I started like having an interest in competing that I didn't know up front. And we will start off with a big one, which is scrap your timeline. Okay. Going into the idea of bodybuilding with a timeline is going to, and like being attached to a timeline to achieve your goals is going to absolutely set you up for disappointment. So Throwing it back four years when I started lifting, I was at the gym. I had been maybe lifting like three, four months. Like that's it. I mean, I had an active and healthy lifestyle leading up to that. But strength training, I had, well, I had done some stuff like for a year, like a couple years. And there was a break because I had gotten pregnant and had kids twice. And then after my second child got back into the gym for a few months when a physique, a women's physique competitor. So they're a more muscular division came up to me. And I do think she was in the NANBF. So it's a little bit different than the NPC. She came up to me after lifting for like three, four months and recommended that I do a show in October. This is in like April, I think, April or May, sometime like in the spring. So, you know, we're like five, six months away. So I started working with the coach that I'm with now in June of that year. And when I apply, I mentioned that I'm looking to do the show in October. So four months from the time I started working with him. And you know what he told me? No. And my God, am I grateful that he did because I would have looked like an idiot stepping on stage the way that I looked. And I mean, we can obviously say this about someone who's new to the sport. Like you don't know what you're getting into. You don't know what to expect. Maybe you have unrealistic expectations of yourself, but it does go further than that to people who are more advanced in the sport. If you're starting a prep and you're attached to a certain show, you better give yourself a decent amount of time and just plan on taking that prep slower because you don't know what's going to happen in the next six to eight months. Okay. So you don't want to plan a show four months away. Could you prep that fast? It's possible depending on like your body fat, like start point. That's going to be a huge one, obviously. And just making sure that your life can be very structured, very routine, very low stress but things happen. Like you get sick, you're probably going to need to take a week off of training. And I can set you back one to two weeks in terms of like a prep timeline and weight loss and all of that. Or if you travel or if you like have a relationship that goes south and it's really stressful, there's a lot of different things that can push back that timeline. So if you're shooting for a show, I don't recommend picking a show unless it's like six to eight months out. And we have an extra like two months of buffer time from the amount of time that we think you're body is going to respond and how much we can expect to see like fat loss, if that makes sense. And even with muscle growth, it takes longer than you think it does. Like no one just walks into a gym and accidentally gets buff. Okay. Um, I mean, there is like the genetic elite that do, but that's so rare. You're probably not the genetic elite if you're listening to this. Okay. Um, but it's very hard to outgrow even the bikini division nowadays because as it's gotten more trendy in social media in the last few years, there's just so much more competition. So the standard keeps on getting higher and higher and higher, which is great, but you need to have a decent amount of muscle to even do well in the bikini division. Even though it's like the lowest muscular division, 
most girls who step on that stage get told to grow in one way or another at the NPC level. And even as like they're getting to their pro card and moving into the pro league, there's even like the top Olympians are getting told to grow. You know, it just starts to get more specific on what needs to grow. Like at first, you kind of just want to grow overall. Then you move to maybe the national level and it's like, you're good in these areas, but let's focus on maybe like your glutes and your shoulders. And then maybe you get your shoulders kind of, and they're like, okay, let's focus on like your glutes. And then you move into the pro league. It's like, okay, now we want you to grow your upper glutes. So it does get more specific as you're just adding muscle over years and years and years, but you're pretty much still constantly growing. And so if you're someone who just wants to get on stage, wants to get it over with, like just wants to kind of rush the process, this is really isn't the sport for you. It's a sport that's going to take you years and years and years to continue into if it's something that you want to do well in and like place high in. So you really have to fall in love with the process of bodybuilding more than you love the idea of getting on stage or getting a trophy. Someone who's a good candidate to be a competitor is someone who enjoys like staying on a strict diet, like enjoys their routine with that. And like, you know, we can obviously fluctuate and have some like fun foods and free foods, especially in our growing season. There's no reason not or like free meals but there's no reason not to have these things incorporated but you have to be able to enjoy being on like a regimented meal plan or diet for an extended period of time because that's what prep is and if you can't enjoy that then what's the point of bodybuilding because you're going to be on stage for less than like 10 minutes to be honest with you per show (laughs) and then are we going to like discount eight months that you hated it to get there so you have to enjoy being on a diet for a long period of time you have to be able to train really hard go back to my last podcast about that one if you need to (laughs) um you have to be willing to do the small things like go to bed early like are you a person who's willing to go to bed early are you someone who's willing to wake up and go for a walk like all of these things tie into the lifestyle of a competitor if you don't love these things that play into the lifestyle and you're not a good candidate to be a competitor But if these things are just pretty natural to you in your life right now anyways, like maybe you've been working with a coach and you enjoy following your protocols, you're really consistent across the board and you feel like fueled and it lights you up just from doing that, then you're a really good candidate to be a competitor. Um, So as long as you love the lifestyle more than you love the idea of like a trophy or stepping on stage and you're willing to play the long game, then you're someone who can think about moving forward and doing a show, but just understand that like, try not to come with a timeline, okay? Like we can focus on one thing at a time, whatever it is, if we need to lose weight or build muscle, but understanding that both of these things take a long time and it might take a lot longer than you think or hope it's going to take. So try to just scrap the timeline, not really think about it um, so that you can focus on what's at hand. So instead of trying to think about the big picture and where you want to go to, like it's good to have goals, I just would, create them with like looser timelines and focus your goals more on your day-to-day results. So like my goal is going to be like, you know, maybe 90% adherence um, in my off season every single day or like on a weekly average. So we can take these goals about what we're doing and focus on that instead of goals for where we want to go. Like long-term focusing on the goals and the little steps that are going to get us to the big goal more than we're focusing on that large goal because the day-to-day stuff is what counts. That's what's ultimately getting you where you want to go. So keeping our attention there is going to be better than just trying to focus on like, oh, I want to get my pro card. I want to get my pro card. I want to get my pro card. Okay, like that's great. But like, 
focus on today because today is how like what you choose to do today is going to determine whether or not you get the pro card down the road not just wishing for the pro card how like how perfect how consistent can we be in our protocols now in order to get us there later right another thing that i like to kind of talk to new competitors about is just making sure I kind of mentioned it, but that we're not going to be in a very stressful season of life and that we have the finances to afford competing Um, on a month to month basis leading up to your show, like through prep, you can probably expect to spend like maybe six to seven hundred dollars a month, like on your prep on things that you wouldn't if you weren't working out consistently. Okay, so in, in this, I'm counting like coaching fees, meeting with opposing coach once a month. I'm not counting groceries because you're going to eat either way. And sure, eating a high protein diet is like a little bit more expensive, but you're probably swapping out going out to eat and potentially drinking alcohol. Both of those things are way more expensive than eating a protein dense diet. So we're just going to consider that canceled out. All right. So having a coach, having a posing coach, um, body work that's going to need to be done, supplements that you need to get. So there's going to be maybe even like just $500, depending on how much body work you need to get done and stuff, anywhere between like five to $700 a month that you're going to be spending to live the lifestyle of a bodybuilder. I mean, we have a gym membership in there. Um, I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, so you already have a gym membership. So these are just extra things on top of that. And then when we come to competing, getting your MPC card, I'm pretty sure is $149 and it does need to be renewed every single year that you compete in order to register for a show. So it's a one-time fee of $149. Then to do a show, you can pick if you want to just do your open class. I mean, ideally, if you're going to do one class, it's just going to be your open class. And this is going to be all girls that are in your height category. And if you get top two in your open class, that's what qualifies you to go to a national show. Now, you can also add on classes like Masters 35 plus or 40 plus if it applies to you. True novice where you've never competed before or novice where you've never won a show before. And if you want to compete in multiple classes, I think they those all cost like roughly $150 a piece as well. Some shows it'll be like $150 for your first class and then like $100 for everyone after that. Sometimes it's good to do multiple classes, even if you just want to qualify for nationals, just to give you some more stage time before your open class so we can kind of get all those nerves out. So there can be benefit to adding on multiple classes. Um, and then your tan. You can do a DIY tan. Um, I've heard a lot of people rave about it. I personally am not comfortable doing a DIY tan at this point. So let's just say you're going to get your tan done by the people who run the show. That's going to be about another $150. Your suit is going to cost, if you get a used one, you can normally get a used one around like $350 to $400, assuming that we're getting like a quality suit, which I highly recommend for getting on stage. I would not skimp out on your tan, your suit, your hair, your makeup. I mean, you're making it this far. You're putting in all this work. Let's make sure we're getting all these things done at a quality level so we're not compromising all of our hard work on stage. So getting a quality suit is going to cost you anywhere if you get it used from like $400 up to like $700 to $800 new for a bikini. If you're in figure, it can cost you even more than that. And then hair. Um, I guess this is like the one where I've seen a decent amount of girls do their own hair. My hair just hates curls and is just hard to manage. So I pay to get it done, which is like another $100. If there's anywhere you're going to cut costs, I'd cut cost here. Um, jewelry is pretty cheap. You can literally just get some stuff off Amazon or Claire's. So that's like 20 bucks there. You can do press on nails if you want. So it's what five to $10. If you want to go get a mani-pedi, it's kind of nice to do peak week to just relax, honestly. Um, 
but that's going to be a wide range. So anywhere between like five to a hundred dollars for your nails. And yes, all this stuff really should be done before you go on stage because it adds to the total package um, that you're bringing. They just want something that is really cohesive and makes sense. So making sure that we have a makeup artist who knows how to match um, your suit with your eye color, with your hair color and pick good colors to go on your skin tones. What stage makeup needs to look like is obviously different than like makeup you'd wear out to a wedding or anything like that even. Um, and so a makeup artist is going to be like $150 and that pretty much covers all your expenses. I believe for being in a show, unless of course you're staying at a hotel the night before, most people are going to want to do that, even if it's a local show. So then that's, you know, hotel fees, roughly another $150. Um, obviously you're going to go out after your show, I would expect to a restaurant and celebrate with your family and friends. But I mean, you probably haven't gone out to eat in the last six months. So I'm not going to add that on as an additional expense. We'll just kind of like call it in all the time that you didn't go out to eat. But as you can see, the show expenses to just do like your first show with like buying your suit and everything is going to be like $1,500. If you do subsequent shows after that, then it drops down to like maybe 500 to 1000 depending on like how far out you go with things like that. But then you go to nationals. And I'm not exactly sure how much it costs to enter into nationals. I think it might be a little bit more expensive, but you're going to have to travel. So you're definitely paying for hotels probably for more than one night, probably for like two to three to four nights at a hotel. We're paying for a flight or we're planning on driving and we're paying for gas or vehicle charging fees, whatever we need to do to get to where we want to go or to get to where this national show is being held. And so that's going to take and obviously, you're not going to want to be skimping out on your makeup and hair and stuff there. So that's going to be another like $2,000 plus to do a national show. So if you're planning on doing like one regional show, you're pretty confident that you can qualify at that regional show. And then your goal is to go to nationals. And that's just kind of our mindset going into the season. You should have like $5,000 set away just for the competing part of it. And then maybe like another like two. So I'd say maybe like seven eight thousand dollars total from like start a prep and a prep so it's really expensive and i know people who have like started a prep and then stopped because they just didn't understand the financial aspect to it so it is really expensive in my opinion it is completely worth it um but obviously i'm blessed to be someone who can make that happen because i it's understandable that not everybody can something else i wish i knew when i started competing was how easy it was to fit into my lifestyle. I think people think of bodybuilding and sometimes I do this too as like this life encompassing like passion. And to an extent it is because everything you do as an athlete counts, um, especially as a bodybuilding athlete. I mean, you see like um, collegiate athletes go out and after like a meet or an event or whatever, um, a game, they'll go out and they'll you know, go out to eat and that's like a weekly thing or whatever. Like you see football players just chowing down lots of food, things like this is normal for other types of athletes. They don't necessarily need to worry about their diet so much, but bodybuilding is so minute. The things that your body responds to are so particular. So everything does matter. Like the food that you eat matters. The Like making sure you hit your protocols, making sure you're eating the right types of food, whether that's by your coach putting you on a meal plan or you just having an understanding of what nutrients your body needs. It's really important. Making sure you get enough sleep, making sure your um, non-exercise activity thermogenesis is staying high, even while you're on prep is really important. 
And there's, there's even more that I could go into than that. Obviously, like your training quality, um, making sure that you're having in, like intent with your cardio. It does take a lot of intentionality and a lot of time, but that doesn't mean that it's impossible, even if you're a busy person. I know like I've heard podcasts with moms of like four kids who are working full time who also compete. Okay. So they can make it work into your lifestyle. I bet you that you can too. And like I said, I was surprised at how easy it was to work bodybuilding into my lifestyle. And I think it really comes down to your mentality because if you've decided and you are set on the fact that this is what you're going to do, you will make your life work around it. But if you're wavering and you're like, oh, this is something I'm interested in, but you know, I don't really know, even as you're really beginning the journey, if you're not set and you're not strong mentally in what you want to do and what your plans are, that's what's going to make it hard. It's going to be that like decision analysis where you're like, well, I can maybe get away with skipping this today, or maybe I should just switch this around. Those types of thoughts are what's going to make competing hard for you. But if you have set it as a priority in your mind, it is really easy to fit into your lifestyle and kind of rearrange everything else around. You know what I've given up in order to like bodybuild time-wise? Probably just sitting on my phone. Like I still get plenty of time with my kids. Maybe my house is a little bit messier than it would be. I know like when I first had a baby and I wasn't in the gym, my house was cleaner than it was now, which is fine. My house is a little bit messier and I sit on my phone less. And literally I'll just walk on the treadmill and that's my phone time. Like I respond to my DMs while I'm walking on the treadmill. I create reels for Instagram and TikTok while I'm walking on the treadmill. So you don't even need to like sacrifice things. Oftentimes you can just find ways to make it work. You can wake up earlier to work out or to do your cardio. Like if this is something that you want and you are willing to structure your life around, I promise you it's easier than you think it is because once you make it a habit and you're not second guessing what you need to do, you're not trying to figure out what to do. You just do it on autopilot. It gets so much easier and then you just can't really imagine life without it and go kind of crazy if for some reason you can't follow that normal routine. Okay. Prep is going to stretch you a little bit, I'm sure, with like just the amount of energy you're expending and time. That's the nature of prep. But as like a newer athlete, you're going to be spending more times in like an off season anyways where you're building. And we do have more flexibility with our foods and things like that. And our only non-negotiable is just hitting our protocols and training. And then we kind of slowly move into prep. It's not like this night and day shift as much as people think it is, or at least it shouldn't be. You should still be consistent with your food, with your training, with whatever protocols your coach has given you. The only difference with prep is that you're going to start doing cardio. So that's going to add more time. Um, but you should still already have been doing steps and that has like that be something you've been doing consistently. So now we're just adding cardio on top of that and then posing, which is like I recommend about 10 minutes a day and then maybe a longer session once a week, maybe like half an hour on your check-in days. And then like once a month with a posing coach, that's 30 to 60 minutes there. So not a whole lot of time that we're actually adding in. It's basically just the cardio. Okay. And so if we can kind of just get in the habit of waking up and instead of laying in our beds, procrastinating, getting out of bed, just jumping up, maybe fasted cardio is the easiest way for you to do it. Or maybe you like to do cardio at night before you go to bed so you can watch your TV shows like normal just while you're bust an ass on the treadmill. I don't know. Or maybe you're someone who can just do it post-workout before you go home to be with the kids again. But that's kind of the only adjustment time-wise from not being on prep to being on prep. And then otherwise, you're just someone like in an off-season. In terms of time, you're just someone that goes to the gym consistently. And a lot of people do that. All right. So it doesn't take as much time as you think it does. And as long as we're prepared with like prepping protein sources and just like batching our food con like our food not food content but like 
all the foods that we're going to eat for the week instead of trying to like recook a chicken breast every single day, just throwing it all in a crock pot and then throwing a bunch of ground beef on the stove and then putting some sweet potatoes in the oven, not in the onion, in the oven, putting a bunch of rice in the rice cooker. You can meal prep in less than two hours and have your food set pretty much for the entire week and then just have some like fruits and veggies, you know, thrown in there as well. It really doesn't take all that long and it's probably going to be faster than you creating a meal from scratch every single day. Now, if you're like me and you still have a family to cook for, then we are adding like two hours of time instead of just being able to make your meals alongside theirs. But it's fine. It's worth it. It's two hours. It's one evening. Okay. Um, so long as you have the mental fortitude to be like, this is what I'm doing. I promise you it's easier to fit into your lifestyle than you think it is. So if you are waiting for like a time, like I said, you don't want to do it in the middle of a very stressful season or a big transition. But if you're just like a generally busy person, but kind of just flow in with life, it might be a good time to consider competing. Okay. Um, I promise you it is much more doable than you're making it out to be in your head. Quite likely. If you think you can't do it, you're probably wrong. As long as, like I said, as long as you have the passion for all the habits that go into bodybuilding, it's something that is definitely doable for you. And finally, I wish I knew how much it was going to change my life, which is just such a special thing for me to talk about. But it just blows my mind when I think back to who I was when I started working with my coach like three and a half years ago. Um, I like pretty much am tearing up just thinking about it right now. Um, but I had just completely lost myself in who I was as a mom. I became a mom really young and none of my friends had kids. Like I was the only person who had kids. And luckily I had friends who were really supportive in the sense that like they would be willing to come to my house and understand that I was probably never going to go to their house because like I would rather put my kid to bed so we could have, you know, quality time and hang out. Um, However, there was still a sense of loneliness because I didn't have anything outside of my children. I helped my husband at the time we were like co-operating businesses together, Um, but it was never something that I was passionate about and I was just doing it to fill a gap because we didn't want to pay an employee that we couldn't afford. (laughs) to be honest with you. Um, And so that on top of having kids and it was really hard to not have my thing, especially because my husband had a lot of his things. Like he was into hunting and fishing and playing sports with his friends. And I didn't have a hobby. Like even if I had a night away from the kids by myself, like I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like I just wasn't really interested in everything or anything. And I felt so lost. Um, And not that I needed bodybuilding to give me a sense of identity because I think it did for a while. And that's something that I also had to work on getting away from, but it gave me a sense of purpose outside of the mundane day-to-day being a mom, which does have immense purpose, but it can be so hard to see that purpose when you're trapped inside the umbrella of being a mom and the chaos of your kids. The more that, not the more that, but if you have the opportunity to step away and have like a second purpose, something that fuels you outside of your family, that helps you get a better perspective. If you're someone who's struggling with having a positive perspective with parenting, it's a lot of peas. Um, but if you're someone who's struggling with that, having your own thing allows you to step away and appreciate what you do have inside your family. It helps fuel you so that you can provide that emotional support, even that like physical support, that being present better to your family. If you have your own thing, this also sets you up for down the road. Um, maybe you have little kids at home right now, but they're going to be going to school in the next few years and you're not going to be so hands-on with them anymore. Maybe you don't have a job and you've been a stay-at-home mom. Are you planning on going back to work? 
Um, are you just going to kind of end up being a stay-at-home mom without the kids? Which there's nothing wrong with that. But as human beings, we're meant to have a sense of purpose. And if our sense of purpose is fully reliant on providing for other people, well, when the other people don't need as much from us, we're going to feel lost. So having something else that you're passionate about, that you feel like you can really invest into, that you feel like you can even use to give back to people, whether this be competing, and now I'm kind of on like a rant um, on other things, but you are meant to have a sense of purpose. And so giving yourself something to look forward to, something to pursue, something to get you out of bed in the morning is going to be so beneficial to you, especially as a parent, to make sure that you don't get lost in the roles and the identities of being a mom because it's so easy to drown in taking care of other people that you forget to take care of yourself. And like, I wish in a perfect world that taking care of other people completely filled my cup and I could just give and give and give, but guess what? I can't and you can't either. Okay. So having something that you can invest yourself into having your own goals, things that you can be excited about, things that you're passionate about, things that you like, things that make you interesting so that you can have like conversations with people and then be like, wow, that's super cool. Tell me more. Like you want to have those things that you can offer to the conversation and just having something that fuels your fire is just such a game changer, guys. I I can't even really put words to the way that it's changed me, but my confidence has grown exponentially. And that comes from being a bodybuilder, but even just from lifting weights, I know too, being able to get comfortable walking into the gym and taking up as much space as anybody else in there, belonging in the gym just as much as anybody else in there. And the confidence that comes from you being someone who's going to show up no matter what you feel like and do what you know is best for you creates such a strong level of trust within yourself. And then you're able to really capitalize on that. And that confidence overflows into so many areas of your life. That's why I like things like non-negotiables or just focusing on being consistent with our protocols is because I've seen how much it changes people when they realize that they can actually show up and be what they need for themselves and they can stop relying on other people to be what they need. There's nothing wrong with the codependency like inside of a marriage, like you need your spouse, your spouse needs you to be the best versions of each other. Like, you know, and hopefully you are with someone, if you are with someone, that you are with someone who's pulling out the best in you. Like we want that. But at the same time, there does need to be a level of independence where it's like, hey, I'm good. Like even if I was to lose you, I'd be devastated, but I'd be good, you know? So that's the confidence that I've seen like come from myself, just with lifting and prioritizing myself and achieving my goals and having the things that I'm passionate about. And that confidence has completely changed the way that I mother my children. It completely changes my relationships, my perspective with, or like my relationships with other people, but also my relationship with myself and the perspectives I have of myself. And that's honestly priceless. Coming from a place where I was very insecure, like often on depression pretty much all the time um, to the person that I am now, it's just so drastically different and I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, I am so grateful that I found bodybuilding, like whether it be in a competitive sense, even if I was just lifting and training and being consistent and being a part of a team and being coached and having that accountability, all these things together have completely changed who I am. And I am so eternally grateful for that. So if this resonates with you at all, if you're interested in competing, I am kind of sneak peek dropping this to the podcast before I'm going to talk about it on Instagram and just on social media, but I am being a little bit more intentional about expanding my competitive roster for 2024 and future years. Um, 
I am looking to add five people who are interested in competing in 2024 or potentially 2025 if you do need that extra time to put on muscle, but to start now in the next couple of months with the goal of competing in the near future. I'm looking for five people to add on. And I already have one person who signed up with one of those spots. But the next two people to sign up, I'm going to let you sign up at my lifestyle athlete rate. So normally a competitor is going to charge a little bit more because I am way more hands-on with my competitors than I am with just my lifestyle athletes. And like there's still a good amount of like accountability between me and my lifestyle athletes. Like I'm still very present for them. But when it comes to prep and peaking people, there's just a lot more that goes into it than does with a lifestyle client. And if you have prep before, if you know someone who's prep before, they can confirm as long as they had a good coach. There's a lot more communication and just a lot more time that I need to pour into these clients because it's not just about losing weight. It's about making sure we're doing it in optimal ways and keeping you healthy as we're getting leaner. We're going to have to go over blood work, which I guess I should have put that in finances. You can assume blood work like probably twice, once at the beginning and once at the end of your preps. Um, And that's going to be about $350 each time. So that's just another little bonus thing. But we're going to be going over blood work. We're going to be going over extra supplements and my, um, my communication with prep athletes, it just needs to happen a lot more frequently than it does with like weekly check-ins with lifestyle athletes with still the ability for them to communicate with me as needed. Well, when you're on prep, you're going to need to communicate with me a lot more. So anyways, my prices are a little bit higher for competitors, but right now I have two more spots available for you to come in at a lifestyle athlete rate. So that's just like my baseline rate to work with me. There's not going to be that extra fee on top for being a competitor. Okay. So if you're interested in that, please reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is fit.mama.d and I would love to connect with you. Um, My next podcast that I'm going to be dropping is actually going to be with one of my competitive athletes who has competed in the past. We're going to talk about her journey um, and just kind of what she's learned along the way, how competing was for her, how her experience was. So if you're interested in competing, but you're still a little bit hesitant, listen to that podcast as well, because I know that she's going to have a lot of really good insight to share as someone who... um, obviously has like been through the journey. She went through a really cool journey to get to the stage um, and has some really good perspectives. And I'm really excited to hear more about that. So make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so that you know when it's going to drop. If you are interested in taking one of those spots right now and you're like, oh yeah, you know, I've been thinking about competing and maybe it's my time, then please reach out to me at Fit Mama D on Instagram. Um, I'm Delana Thill on TikTok. And if you haven't yet, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It means so much. And if you got something out of this episode, if you could screenshot it and share it on Instagram, that really helps get the podcast out there. Obviously, I'm a newer podcaster, so anything like this is going to help just give me some more exposure and be able to help more people become the best versions of themselves. But that's all I got for you for today, and I will see you next time.